But where are you really from? But where are you really from? Hi everyone, I'm Jesse Lin. And I'm Angela Lin. Welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You Really From? It is the year's most romantic holiday. It is Valentine's Day. And in the tradition of giving our listeners what they want, we are here to talk again about some non-standard relationship setups. And I actually was thinking about this based off of an article that I read in The New Yorker. The article is titled, How Did Polyamory Become So Popular? I did find it really interesting because it does touch upon the media representation of polyamory and how it has become more popular. And whether or not that's just like a function of our media consumption ecosystem, I'm not sure. But like one of the examples they brought up was from the most recent season of White Lotus, where there's kind of a little bit of couple swapping. And they talked about how it was polyamory and how it's different from the old popular kind of drama, which is usually just kind of like cheating. I wanted to like open the conversation to you now, because do you see a difference between that kind of like couple swapping and cheating? Yes, <laughs> I actually completely disagree with the White Lotus example. I don't see that at all as polyamory. If you guys have not watched White Lotus, it's a show on HBO, right? Like Max or whatever. Yes. And there were two seasons so far. The most recent season is the one that the article is referencing. And basically, it's like two couples that are friends go on a vacation together to Italy. And you find out that like one of the couples kind of like constantly cheats on each other, just like don't talk about it like the husband is notoriously always cheating on the wife and like first you think that the wife doesn't know and is kind of like blissfully ignorant but actually later you find out that she's known all along and she kind of copes with it by cheating herself without telling him and also I don't know if you saw this I went down a reddit rabbit hole after I watched the show but there's speculation that their kids are not his either that the kids are the fitness trainers kids that she's been having an affair with the whole time. And the said quote-unquote polyamory that the article is referencing is that essentially at one point, the husband of that couple and the wife of the other couple, they have sex one night and try to hide it. And then when the like opposite spouses find out, instead of just staying mad, the wife that got cheated on, she seduced the, the husband of the one that got cheated on to also kind of get back at the spouses for cheating on them by cheating with each other now. And so then like supposedly both their relationships were good again. So I definitely don't see this as polyamory because the entire premise is that everyone is hurt and they're trying to get back at each other to not be as hurt versus like, I mean, I'm no expert in polyamory, but I feel like the fundamental difference is that you're opting in to having like potentially multiple romantic or sexual partners and everyone is like on board and open about it versus this like very much secret secret like backstabby backstabby and don't ask don't tell kind of thing. I have so many thoughts on that article but I just felt like that was a huge stretch for them to even 
attempt to call that a polyamory example because it was just cheating and hiding each other's cheating. I completely agree with that. And I think part of why they brought up the example is because the article kind of gives like a historical background. I did not fact check any of this, so I hope it's accurate, but of some elements of polyamory, the popular version of open relationships and polyamory that most people practice is this like rules-based vanilla version that was made palatable for the American family. And that previous to that, the experience that those couples have is more closely aligned with what polyamory was, which is just kind of like this openness without particular rules. But I do agree with you. I don't think it's polyamory because I don't think that any of the people involved in the couple swapping or the cheating have really a romantic interest in other people. They're just kind of like sleeping and using other people. That's kind of part of the couple swap dynamic as well, right? Like Aubrey Plaza's character hates the other husband. She's like, I hate this guy. Like he's so fucking annoying. But she sleeps with him because she uses him to fulfill this kind of like sexual desire. But I don't think that they ever have like real interest in like being closer. But something interesting that I did think about afterwards as to like why they remain the fun couple. Okay, so you're saying how the ones who always cheat on each other stay happy in their relationship? Yes, they kind of know that each other is doing it, but there's no more risk for them or they don't see risk because they keep coming back to each other. That repeat behavior has almost created this kind of like open secret between them where they're kind of like, they don't talk about it, but it's permitted in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to stay on the White Lotus example the entire time, but I think the one takeaway from that, which the author of this article did point out in that other example of the like rich Park Slope lady or whatever is the idea that having outside partners create some sort of like excitement or like taboo like spark that actually ends up bringing the initial couple closer together because it adds something like fresh into their otherwise like rinse and repeat kind of dynamic. So that part I can see as probably why that fake couple in White Lotus still works is just like they are sexually attracted to each other and they do love each other but these like open secret affairs essentially like keeps the spark alive for them makes them still interested in each other knowing that each other is still very attractive and desired by other people so I want to throw it back at you because I had a very specific reading of this article where now that I do not live in New York and have not lived in New York for super long I was like this is so such a myopic view of the world is how I read this article. I'm like, for your conclusion to be polyamory is now like taking the world by storm was kind of like the thesis that I took away from that article. I was like, no, it's not. Like, maybe in your little New York bubble, it has become, like, a bigger topic for people. But New York, it does not represent the world. And neither does media, especially premium content media that is made to purposefully, like, incite people's, you know, emotions and stuff. So that was my big takeaway. It's like, I have no statistics to vouch for, like, what percentage of American relationships are now made up of, like, monogamy versus polyamory of some sort. But I was like, for your takeaway to be like, now there's so many people that are in like polyamorous relationships. I was like, you are living in your little New York bubble there, New Yorker article writer. Like, this (laughs) is not, this is not real world. 
Yeah, I mean, again, take it with a grain of salt. It is in the New Yorker, so it's a piece for a specific audience. I will say, I think in the article somewhere they referenced like not actual amount of people in open relationships, but they referenced some kind of statistics about people's perception or acceptance of open relationships. And I think they did mention somewhere that like the people who are like, I do not mind has increased in percentage, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like more people are actually in open relationships, right? The same way that more people are okay with gay people getting married, not everyone is in a gay relationship. I kind of feel like that is where the article started, like introducing how polyamory or open relationships, however you want to talk about it, has become more popular. But I do feel like the ending of the article has this kind of anti-yuppie bent where it's like, and all this was co-opted by people who are socioeconomically better off to improve their lives in like a very specific way that is not in the spirit of how polyamory was originally concepted. But I do agree with you. Like, I don't have a lot of straight friends, but I don't feel like I have noticed more couples and open relationships necessarily. The environments that we operate in really kind of dictate like what is normal for us. For example, like being in gay world, almost everyone is in an open relationship particularly if you live in a big city, but I'm not gonna kid myself and imagine that somehow my world experience living in gay world in New York City is like how everyone else lives. Like not everyone is in an open relationship, but counterpoint to that, like the article does make a lot of good points about the origins of open relationships or polyamory, it didn't necessarily come from the LGBT community. In fact, a lot of the early models of polyamory and polyamorous communities were with straight couples. Yes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, listeners. Wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at whereareyoufrompod, on TikTok at butwhereareyoureallyfrom, subscribing to our YouTube channel under But Where Are You Really From Podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at buymeacoffee.com slash whereareyoufrom. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Which brings me to, I guess, the other notable, again, HBO Max, or whatever the fuck the name is now, uh, show example, which is from Succession. They reference that show, and I, I got obsessed with it. I binged it. But in one of the couples there, essentially, this bitch, on their wedding night, after they have already said, I do, said, I just want to throw out there that, like, maybe I'm not cut out for monogamy. And he was like, what the this is literally something you really needed to tell me before I committed like my life to you, right? And so that is an example of a straight couple that is doing it. But I still felt like it was not really an example of polyamory because I'm sure that polyamory and open relationships do exist in healthy ways and you've i mean we've had episodes about this you're you're in one like that you know many people in them and it clearly functions well for you guys because you've set up ways in which it can function in a healthy way but i think that 
on the flip side, there are so many people who may lean into the fact that this idea of open relationships and polyamory has become more common to be talked about in pop culture and whatnot, whether that reflects the majority of real people is a different thing. But I agree that it has become like more common that someone would bring it up. Some people use that new frequency of this topic to justify essentially their own commitment phobia. They're like, oh, I'm just, I just want to be in an open relationship. It's like, bitch, you don't want to be in an open relationship. You just don't want to commit to anyone. And you are trying to make yourself some like ascended being who's like believes in like some bigger thing than just like you don't ever want to commit to anyone. And that's the woman in the show as well. She That bitch clearly didn't really believe in polyamory. She's just selfish and would never commit to anyone fully. So I kind of think that that is one of the points that that the article's author is pointing out. Like, there is this taking of what you want from that idea without fully committing to the real essence of it. And even at the very beginning, like, what the author is saying is that, like, media has replaced, like, a person who is, like, going behind your back and totally lies to you with a person who's like, I'm not interested in monogamy. But it's the same person. They're just saying different things. So I think part of what they're saying is, like, it's been taken into these contexts to describe a person who used to be described as cheating because this is like a like exciting new concept that nobody is aware of but it represents like the same problematic behavior which is that like it is a partner that is inconsiderate it is a partner that is selfish it is a partner that only wants the things that they care about and not necessarily what this person care about so even the example that you mentioned like maybe that person needed time to think about what they wanted but like Honestly, timing, bitch. On your wedding night? Like, no. You're, like, presenting something that is not real about yourself and then being, like, JK when you get what you want. And I think that that is part of what the article is saying is that, like, the open relationship thing has now become partially new villain concept. It's very much, like, I think middle of last year or tail end of last year, there was a some online conversation about how people have weaponized therapy speech. They're still expressing the same horrible things they're just couching it with like I statements and like my boundaries and like blah 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 but like the reality is like this is still a problematic person trying to use a framework that is accepted and is helpful to manipulate other people that is what I got the read from this article from it's not necessarily that the people and things referenced in it are always manipulative it's just again it's like is it in the spirit of the thing not so clear Walls, I feel like where we thought we were going to go with this episode went like the totally other way because we didn't really talk about polyamory at all. We just talked about people using it as an excuse to be selfish. Lols. But I, I think it's a it's a good point because I, I feel like a lot of these concepts and ideas are presented as like outlandish or like it's not for me or it's only for like hippies or whatever. We're not trying to like scare anybody away or not trying to say that it's not good. But it's like do your research into it and like make sure that you are coming from like a positive place 
with good intentions before you jump into it. This podcast is, is not investment advice. Please do your own research before <laughs> investing in yeah, it. Yes, yes, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this pseudo episode on polyamory. Turning it to the listeners, I kind of feel like I'd love to know if you guys actually feel like polyamory has become more of a thing in recent times. Like, do you know people that are in polyamorous relationships? Or do you know problem people that are using this label <laughs> to justify their shitty ass behavior? We'd love to hear the tea. So throw it in the comments wherever you're watching this. And as always, come back next week for a fresh new episode. And until then, Sai Jim, bitches. bitches.